Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and your race. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. Astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Here's just like a real quick question. Do you use uh, coconut oil? Do you switch with coconut oil? Oh, like oil pulling? Yeah. No, I, I was doing it and then I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? 20 minutes? No. No, 20 minutes. Okay, so I started doing it because at Nordstrom Rack, they had a sale on all these like Kopari, you know, Swisher packets or whatever. I was, I almost threw up this morning. Oh, yes. It is disgusting. Okay, so it is disgusting. Because I was like, what's wrong with me? Am I just like an alcoholic and I'm not noticing that I'm having like morning pukes? Or No, I was swishing around and I was so, it actually made me feel nauseous. And I was yeah. like, how, I'm like, does everybody do this? Okay, so it made you feel nauseous too. That's great. Okay. Yeah, it's wrong. It's just it's one of those- wrong! It's just one of those things where it's like, let's use chemicals to whiten our teeth. Can we just use chemicals? I don't know if coconut oil is going to do it. I think I'm just going to go buy the chemicals, you know? It is like so nice. And you know, in the spiritual community, which I love, which I stand, everyone is extremely hypothetically holistic. And it is so nice to talk to another public school Jersey girl who is not afraid to go to the fucking tanning salon, take a fucking pill, and use chemical toothpaste. Like, I, I am so not precious about my life in that way. Yeah, let's, I'm back to the chemicals. And now I just feel weird because I have like 104, you know, Kopari oil pulling packets, but it disgusts me. So if anybody wants them, I guess I'm telling you they're available. I'll send them to you, but it's really gross. I've almost puked. I'm not doing it again. I'd rather have gray teeth. Yeah. Nasty. Take them to the farmer's market, sprinkle them around. And I'll fucking get veneers the minute I can afford it. Okay. Like we don't need to, it's all good. It's right. all good. We don't need to like accept ourselves. We don't need to stop using chemicals. No. We just need to get rich so that we can just do whatever we can to like nip and tuck when we need to and just whiten our teeth, et cetera. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I can't. What is the point of living in 2021 and having to look at social media and know everybody's thoughts and then not use the technology to fix your teeth? Why am I swishing with oil to fix my teeth when I also have to like deal with a 24 hour news cycle? Like, no, I'm going to take the good parts of technology if I also have to endure the bad parts. I could not agree more. You are speaking my fucking truth. It is so nice to just talk to someone. Okay, let's get started. Greetings, trashlings. Welcome back to another episode of Space Trash, Lifestyles of the Rich and Uranus. I'm Molly Molshine. And I am Sarah Armour. And we've got so much to talk about this week. So much. I'm so excited. I want to start first with a quick Prince Harry wellness check because- yes, please. Yeah. I watched his entire five-part mental health series, and I don't want to dwell on it for too long. Um, you guys can probably hear my thoughts on it this week if you're dying to do so on Royally. 
us. The yeah, she us is weekly. an Us Weekly contributor. She is famous. Yeah. So it, we'll probably talk about it in depth on there, but I do want to say last week I ranted for a very long time about how angry I am that Prince Harry continually blames the press for every problem in his life and lets his family off scot-free. Well, in this Oprah show, he talked about the fact that his family was complicit in mm-hmm. sort of having them go out and be photographed and everything. So I just wanted to say it's good he's sort of looking a little more three-dimensionally at the issue. So I, I did appreciate that. What did you think about the show? You watched part of it. I watched part of it. I did not finish yet. So when once I finish, we can do a deep dive. But I think he's kind of just sharing for the sake of people actually knowing him versus like trying to create any major change. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. And I also think that it has nothing to do with the charity stuff that they said they wanted to do. No. It's interesting because when they first left the Royal family, they said they wanted to be half in and half out. And it's like, okay, well, if it was this like terrible abusive situation, why did you want to stay half in? Well, because of the money. That's right. I think it all goes back to our deep reading of his chart last 100%. week. 100%. And I also think, I think yeah, he's just, he would not be saying anything if they were paying him to live in the United States and have security, period. That's it. That's the bottom line. And because he is so annoyed by that, it's interesting because, you know, of course he's, he thinks that he's following in Diana's footsteps, but he's kind of really following in Fergie's footsteps. Wait, the two redheads having a connection more than just the fact that they're redheads. I love this. Tell me more. I agree. Well, I didn't even think of that until this moment, but, and I love, I'm a Fergie Stan. Yeah. She is totally like, you know, she was treated. I would say, yeah. Like approaching the level that Megan was. I mean, they all are treated horribly. She's treated probably even worse than Diana and Kate. You know what I mean? Like, because Kate was treated horribly before she married in. Fergie, w- after she left, she teamed up with Oprah. She was on Oprah all the time. And like, I don't know. It's- I would love more of a Fergie-Harry collab. I just think for me, when I think of Fergie, I feel a little bit weird about the fact that like, okay, love and Andrew Fergie divorce. Love that the family's still close. The fact that she still lives with him in that cottage post Epstein, I'm just like, Sarah. Yeah. She has terrible judgment Sarah, in every terrible single, judgment, terrible every single judgment. thing. Whenever you like read anything about her, you're just like, wow, the choices, the choices being made. Yeah. Never a good choice ever. Not a single one. Not a single good choice. And like Megan's well, doing no, good choice to divorce now. Andrew. Bad choice to continue living with him as domestic partners while he was fucking 14-year-olds. Right. And I don't think she made the choice to divorce Andrew. I think he made the choice probably. Whoa. Because really? she, Yeah, because she's... Why do you think she stayed living with him? It's because she doesn't want to give up that sort of prestige and the title and everything. Like, he divorced her because she got caught having her toes sucked on camera or her foot kissed on camera by her financial advisor. Yeah, but... 
okay, first of all, I don't know anything about that. And you just telling me that. Okay. So if you guys are interested, please let us know. We will do a deep dive and it yeah. may be paywalled, but we need to do a deep dive on the relationship between Andrew and Fergie, because I am now curious in a way that I have not been, I have not been previous. I mean, the reason that I always assumed that she stayed was because it's the fucking royal family. If you can get a college and a, a cottage in wherever, just to live out your it's life. A mansion. It's free. a gigantic McMansion. It yeah, looks like, like I would 100% excuse my husband's dumbass behavior and ignore him for the rest of his life if he lives in a separate bedroom. If I get a college in the country, a cottage college, I keep saying college. If I get a cottage in the countryside as a, you know, just shut the hell up about your weird husband, I, I'm fine with that. I, I, I could see myself doing that, but knowing, I did not know that she, who, who, who sucked her toes? He was her financial advisor, but I think you're right. We should, let's get people this to tell a deep us. Dive. I need to know more. This yeah. is a deep dive. We're going to tell people, tell us if you want, if you care about this and if you want to hear more and we'll yeah, do. If you do, we will investigate. Now. Okay. So that was the Prince Harry wellness check. The really exciting news that just came out today is Lindsay Lohan oh, yes. is making her come back. It's like, okay, the first question I would have before I even get into the chart, before we even discuss, can we, do we want, do we want to call it a comeback? Like, I don't even know if I'm comfortable calling it a comeback. Great point. She has had a hundred comebacks. She's another person who, and this will bring up the Prince Harry topic again, I'm sorry, but she's another person who had sort of a failure to launch via Oprah. You know what I mean? She had that reality show with Oprah. Or no, she had... The docuseries with Oprah, that was before her reality show. She's been making comebacks, you know? <laughs> Literally, yeah. So this is the other thing that I find so interesting about the Harry Oprah mental health thing is because it's supposed to be Mental Health Awareness Month and the show is supposed to be all about mental health. And some of the people who are more critical of it are like, Oprah is exploiting someone who's going through a mental health crisis meaning harry meaning harry and i do not think harry is going through a mental health crisis let me just say that okay i think like if anything his life might be a mental health crisis but i don't think this is like oh no harry's in a bad moment and now Oprah's exploiting it i think that like i mean he is a scorpio midheaven Capricorn rising Virgo sun. This man, and with Taurus moon, this man's life's work is to be in, is to be the voice, the masculine voice of a quote unquote mental health crisis. I don't think he's in any more or less of a crisis than he ever was. I just think he's for the first time just using his voice so that he feels understood. That, that, that would be my read of it. Well, here's the thing that I, took away from it and my mom and I watched it all yesterday we just fast forwarded to all the Harry parts because (laughs) it's a little depressing it's five hours of people talking about their mental health which is not my thing I'm like boring I don't want to hear about anyone else's mental health Mm. but I also see why that's nice that it exists and some people will feel seen because of it well I think for men specifically I think Mm. men talking about mental health not that I usually want to hear more from the men, but I think in this area, it's an area we do not hear enough from the men. Right, but are men going to watch this? Right, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know how. They are. I don't know how big Oprah's reach to the men are. <laughs> right. I think the people, the only people that are going to watch this are like people who care about royal gossip, and like Lady Gaga and Glenn Close also explain their mental trauma. Cool. So the thing that struck me with it is that 
he does not take any form of responsibility for his own actions. And that to me says, and when you watch everything that he says all in a row, it's kind of like, okay, it is full on everyone else's fault that he had any crisis to begin with. Mm. So that makes me think not only that he's currently still in the crisis, but also that he has not done the work. Like he may be. Right. I do think, right. I think when we're seeing people that are like, it goes back to when we're talking about Demi Lovato, when we are doing all the blaming and none of the ownership, right. There's a piece missing. Right. And Demi Lovato too announced she's going to come out with a docu-series about eating disorders. Right. And I'm like, what is going on? Is this fun do we like this well i don't think we like it but i do think that we're in a what you're seeing is like the the bummer side of capitalism Mm. it's because we we still live in this you don't talk about like socialist communist like ideology it's because that we still live in this super capitalist culture that when things happen to us that are unsavory or when we go through difficult issues instead of really actually tackling them i mean it's the same as colton now becoming gay on tv in front of us like it's like if we're if you're already a celebrity and you're going through like a mental health crisis or an eating disorder or a drug addiction or whatever i think one of the only things you can do to actually protect yourself is to broadcast it because it's the only way you get paid Mm, yeah. And I also think it's a really good shorthand for making people like you more because it's a good way to sort of negate any privilege that you may have. And yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Sorry, like I am, we've talked about this. I am a big proponent of the idea that money solves 90% of problems. <laughs> and it's just... You know, and just put your money in the problems. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to watch 10 hours of Demi Lovato interviewing right. people about their eating disorder. I, I want to see her give a check. I want to see her write a check, you know, yeah. and, and tell other rich people to write checks. That's totally. what I kind of want to see. And I don't know. I just don't know the why. The problem with Demi is I think all of her checks are going into these super expensive rehabs. I'm not sure how many. I think that you, even the, the reason she's doing this is because she might not have as big of a bank account as we think she does. Ooh, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's probably true. Yeah, it's like that's the thing. And, and I think that's what's going on with Harry, too. He is monetizing his trauma. That's, and that's like all he can. He feel, I, think, I think that he feels that like. Not only is this his like a kind of only chance to monetize anything, but I also think that you know, on some level it's like a ve- it's like vengeance, vengeance monetization. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, oh, okay, you want to control my life this whole time? I will out you publicly. You want to cheat on my mother? You want to kill my mother? I will out you publicly and get paid for it if you're not going to pay for my own security. Your British accent is the funniest thing. Is it bad? Ever. Is it good? It's so funny. <laughs> it's like I've all different of, versions. I've all different. Kind versions. of Australian South African. Muppet. Mm, okay. So that's an, that's, a, that's an interesting piece of feedback. I mean, I do have an Adele impression that I stand by. It's very quick if you want me to do it. Yeah. I'll do it real quick. Do okay. It. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty that's, good. Oh, that's it. That's all. It's right. 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 Yeah, that's good. I think that's good. 
That was really convincing. I'll work on it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. If, I'm not trying to muppetize Harry, certainly. I will try to be more respectful moving forward. But, you know, you got to practice. You gotta, again, we haven't yeah, been on stage practice. for a while. We haven't been on stage for a while, you guys. So we're, yeah, we're open my here for you. You got to get in character. I, I do feel like Harry is like, you know, I will, I will monetize everything I've been through. Well, now check this out. The people we're talking about right now, Prince Harry, Demi Lovato, Lindsay Lohan, all people who have monetized their trauma, all child stars in a sense. Oh, yeah. Because this is the thing. Like, I think once you get to a certain point as a person who's been famous for your entire life, I guess you just stop caring about the the art or the work or the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Like Demi Lovato and Lizzie Lohan are supposed to be actors and singers, but like they haven't really been doing, I mean, Demi's been releasing music, but what we've been talking about for the last two years is her personal life. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know what my hypothesis or thesis is here. uh, But I guess this is why people monetize their trauma because they sort of just get to a point where everyone, that's all anyone can talk about in eclipses. The original work so it's very interesting but they but i'm gonna tell you right now it would not be happening it, the only reason that he is taking his relationship with his family is because the only reason to stay in relationship to his family is because they are like billionaires if, mm-hmm. if you're not actually getting the money from this family that you feel oppressed or abused or rejected by yeah fucking out them a million percent and at least try to like make that bank back in yeah, your cutting off of them it's about the money it's fully it's about, about the money, money. it's just yeah period it's about the money and like i don't begrudge them that but also say it say it's about the money they say it's about the security quote unquote no it's about the money for the security it's about the money about the money I hate pretending that it's not about the money. Everything is about the money. No, literally, until we switch into whatever, like, new utopian society, new earth will allow us to step into and we will respect and love it all. No, no, no. Especially if you, as someone who grew up with money who now has no money, and I'm not even talking Harry Wealth, it is devastating. Yeah. Ah! I mean, I can only imagine how fucking pissed he is. I don't think when we're talking about mental health crisis, we're talking about someone who's still talking about his mother's death in therapy. I think he is talking about the money and that the only thing that he can do to try to sure his, his uh, like financial future up is to expose the stuff that he feels that he has inside info on that no one else does. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know if it's going to work in the long term. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. So Lindsay Lohan's new movie, it's coming out on Netflix, uh, which, you know, the movie industry barely exists anymore. So it's great that it's coming out on a streamer. Ugh, it makes me so sad. Movie theaters are just, I, I love movie and I love, I love theater and I love movie theaters. Yeah. It's, it's dead. It's over. We'll see if it comes back. Same. now is the time to go if you care at all i mean i'm not going Don't cough. do not cough in the movie theater yeah but anyway so she's gonna be on netflix new romantic comedy about a newly engaged and spoiled hotel heiress this log line i am obsessed with this log line yeah yeah give it yeah because give me the log line and then anything else because like I, I we just came out so like i haven't even had time to I don't even know who the co-star, like, do we, what, tell me everything you know about this. Okay. So the log line is so long. I love it. 
Lindsay Lohan will star in a new romantic comedy about a newly engaged and spoiled hotel heiress who finds herself in the care of a handsome blue-collar lodge owner and his precocious daughter after getting total amnesia in a skiing accident. The amount of adjectives in this logline, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) It's so descriptive. It gives you everything. Like this is probably the logline that the screenwriter used to sell this script. Literally. It sounds like a screwball 1940s comedy. I love it. An heiress who's engaged and has amnesia. I know. It's very, did you ever watch a, my favorite movie when I was a kid was While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock. No, I've never seen it. Everybody go watch. But there were a lot of 90s amnesia movies. I'll just, I'll say that and then yeah. we can, I'll give you my list of recs at the end. We can put it in the show notes. We can watch, we can discuss. While You Were Sleeping was my favorite because it was Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman. She was actually playing a toll booth uh, worker. Very funny for Sandra Bullock character. She was playing a toll booth worker and the Bill Pullman character would come through her toll every day on the way to work. And then he got in a horrible accident and she like saved him. So she was there in the, ho- but she was in love with him. And every time he would come through, she would have like fantasies about him. Then he was in a horrible accident. She saved him. She goes to the hospital to meet the family and the family's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm his fiance. And so when he wakes up and has amnesia, she's just like, remember me? I'm your fiance. But really she was just the, t- the toll booth girl. So she tricks him? Tricks him. Very, oh, very fun. That's very really fun. Funny. I love I- an amnesia story. That reminds me of Fifty First Dates, which looking back on is a little creepy that Adam Sandler would like, you know, sort of groom this woman with amnesia every single right. day into believing yeah. that she was in love with him. You know, but it, it just makes me hope like, yeah, maybe, maybe there'll be some man who I save or who I come across while he's in a very bad way. And when he wakes up, I, after checking his finances and his, you know, Facebook history and all of his social media, I can decide whether or not I will let him know that I am his wife as well. So and I love yeah. this. I think it's very, very aspirational. And he's got just the right amount of brain damage where he can maintain his bank account, but and his direction, but doesn't know that you're not really his wife. Perfect. Exactly. As long as he has money and erection, I will make him believe whatever. Yeah. Sounds good. I think it's a good plan. Yeah, but this Lilo movie is so funny in that way because I almost feel like this is a full circle for her because we really knew her to be, like at, in Lindsay Lohan's heyday, she would have played that precocious daughter. <gasps> oh, you're right. That's no. so full circle. So full circle. So now she's like, no, I am old enough now to reintroduce myself and actually be the, am- the amniotic, I don't even know if that's a word, the amnesia, the, the wife who can't remember, count me in for, I'm, I'm an heiress, but now I think I'm blue collar and I just can't remember. I, I, I think this is a huge turn for her because usually she is that precocious kid. Yeah. And it's a Christmas movie too, which makes me really excited. Here's my idea for the title. Finding Skilo. <laughs> Get it? Like Nemo and Lilo. Oh. And she has oh. to find her identity. And she it was a skiing accident. Oh, I love it. Finding, Finding Skilo. Okay, this is the campaign. You heard it here first. If they do name the movie Finding Skilo, we do expect. Again, sorry for the sorry for the pun or whatever. We expect royalties. <laughs> because it's very good, Molly. I think that's very, very good. Thank you. She's so good at acting. She's so good in everything. I could yeah, watch her do anything. She is so talented. Yeah, she really is talented. What a bummer. She just is. 
Also, uh, last thing I'll say about this is there are not enough skiing movies, so I'm happy that there's going to be a skiing movie. Oh, a bold statement, and I agree. You heard it here first, folks. There are not enough skiing movies, period. Like the, yeah, like the aesthetic. So bring me to the lodge. Take me out of my normal life. Right. The aesthetic of skiing is so cinematic and the fashion is amazing and it's, you know, very aspirational, but they never make movies about it. All the movies about it are really bad. So, you know, it's- I mean, cool runnings, but that's not even a ski movie. That's like a bobsled movie. So. Yeah. Bobsled similar. Mm. But now I think this is interesting for Lindsay. So, so we know they didn't start producing this yet. Correct. I, I think it's in pre-production. Yeah. Worry for her slightly. Tell me why. And it's because of her astrology. Now, before I just lay it all on you, do you want to, just for fun, you want to guess Lindsay Lohan's Sun, Moon, Rising? Yes. I think she's got Leo in there somewhere because she, because of the hair and because she's just so magnetic and charismatic. <laughs> I love that you associate Leo with good hair. That is like such a funny takeaway of all. That's like, I don't know if there's anyone else who's as focused on Leo and their hair <laughs> more than you. It's always true. They always have incredible hair. It's so funny. So Leo, I think she gets a little, uh, you know, she's her own worst enemy. Certainly. And I think that is, that can be a Pisces trait or a Gemini trait, right? Molly, you're getting so good. It's because astrology is science. It's science, bro. And then the third thing I'm going to guess is she's a good time girl. So maybe she's got some Taurus in there. Is there, does Venus rule any other planet? Well, the, so V, the signs, so, so Taurus and Libra both are ruled by Venus, if that's what you mean. Okay. I almost want to just stop you because you kind of nailed it. Okay. All right. How did I I'm nail it? I'm so pleased, Molly. I'm so proud. Okay. Wow. You're really growing. Okay. First of all, Lilo is a Gemini rising. So she is a 28 degree Gemini rising, which means that, you know, everything that we see about Lilo that is, I mean, and I'm not just talking about it takes two or no, was that the low hands or that was the. Oh, that was Mary Kate Nashley. What was the, the low hand? Parent trap. Parent. Okay. So let's talk about the parent trap. Lindsay is a Gemini rising. She she really does represent duality in all its forms, right? On the one hand, she is actually a super talented artist and a really good actor. On the other hand, she is absolutely a party girl addict from a broken Long Island family. Okay. So she can simultaneously be this like tabloid wreckage and a bona fide movie star vocal artist okay love this you said pisces well 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 own worst enemy uh lindsay's midheaven meaning her legacy is at four degrees pisces and her jupiter is at 22 degrees pisces wow really her whole career and and how we know her is piscean in nature which long term is like aside from you know pisces is either spiritual you know, awakening, spiritual leadership, the arts, talent, slash addiction. Perfect. Okay. So we have this Gemini rising. We have a midheaven and a Jupiter in Pisces. Now, Lilo's moon, ready for this model? You want another little prop? 
Taurus moon. Oh, You're so right. She just like me. Just like you. That's how you knew. Yeah, and just like Prince Harry. And we're all natural redheads. Wait, you're a natural redhead? Yeah. Huh. I mean, well, it's wow. been fading ever since you get, when you get older, red hair starts to fade. So now it's just sort of like a, like a, like a dark blonde. Also, I'll, I'll show you my baby pictures. Oh my, I, gosh. my brother's a little natural. I love natural redheads. I, my brother's a little natural redhead. I got red in my family. I'm dying a little bit red these days, although it's already faded. But, oh my God, cute. but I, I think there is something here. The redheads, and actually my, my friend Haley, She's a Gemini moon, but her whole seventh house is in Taurus. I, I do think redheads and Tauruses. I would like to know long-term, when we get an investment, we will do some kind of a very important high-end expensive research study about hair color and astrology. So just wait for it. You will have that. We will unleash all of that on you in the coming years. Yes. But so she is a Taurus moon in the 11th house, which means that unless she is like, working luxuriously on movie sets otherwise she wants to just fucking yeah lilo's beach house in dubai i totally get why that would have been the show because she's like how do i do yeah. as little work as possible we'll continue to party and just have fun and get paid for it that is taurus moon in the 11th house if i have ever seen it right mm. now the thing that i'm worried for Lindsay about is that her saturn is at four degrees Sagittarius. That is where we have the eclipse on Wednesday. And it is exactly opposite. Wait, what's her sun sign? Cancer. Okay. 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 Cancer sun in the first house. So we know her to be emotional. We know her to be very, I mean, it's why she's a very good actor because she's so into, like, I mean, she's very sensitive. She's And also in terms of Leo, her Mercury and her Venus are in Leo. So you're right. Her beauty and her voice are all about showing out red hair, big personality, big voice, and attractive. I mean, she just, even at her worst, this bitch is hot. Beautiful. She's the only person who can pull off every single hair color. Oh, I agree. No, she really can. She's just beautiful and she's talented and she can, she can like basically cruise through life being this like messy, addicted, you know, upset adolescent because she's just so beautiful and talented. Yeah. And we it. all just want to give her more and more and more chances. We're like, please we come do. back to my screen. Please. No, I never want her. I love her. I have so much love for her. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but, okay. So this eclipse that's happening on Wednesday is at five degrees Sagittarius. Her Saturn is at four degrees Sagittarius and her Lilith is in Gemini at seven degrees Sagittarius. So what does this mean? You know, during an eclipse, and if you come to the moon, you Wednesday, we will discuss it more, but we don't want to do any kind of like big time manifesting or big time. Like the fact that this announcement is coming out today worries me slightly. Oh no. This would be like, I would say like for the next two weeks, let's not even for the next like three weeks, really, let's not get let's not, you know, Mercury's about to go retrograde. Like let's not start signing contracts. Let's not start committing to work. I mean, Saturn for Lindsay, it's all about work and it's all about what work she's willing to put in and do. But this eclipse, you know, for everybody, we are going to see a great 
uh, it's sort of like a drainage moment. It's like a, it, it, there's a filtering out. Drainage? That sounds awful. No, it's not awful as much as it's like, look, at, at, the, end of a, at the end of a bath, no matter how many flower petals you have in there and, and, and what paper you burn and what transformation you're doing, at the end of the day, the bath's kind of nasty and you got to fucking drain that shit, right? It's like if you get a breast reduction and lift and you have to drain it afterward. And we were literally just draining our faces right before this as we were rubbing our chins for lymphatic we're. trying. We're, there's nothing wrong with drainage. We love drainage. You gotta, the shower would be so weird without that drain, right? Yes, we are focused on that water coming down. That's the North Node. We want to be bathed. But the shower gets weird if it's actually like reaching our calves at a certain point. It, it, it's going to be, you got to get out because either the, the tub is going to over, things have to drain. Or you're just standing in like a pools and puddles of your own filth, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we don't, we, we welcome drainage, right? We want to look thinner. We want to clean the tub. We want to remove all of the excess. Now in Sagittarius, it's like beliefs. It is like ideas about who you were supposed to be or who you're going to be or what you're willing to do in order to be right or righteous. It is that adventure sense, right? So for Lindsay, she has her Saturn in Sagittarius and this eclipse is going to drain certain things out of her sixth house everyday life that hopefully so 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 the best case scenario for this is that this comeback really is a comeback and and she's draining out some of those people or addictive habits or beliefs or you know uh any of those saturn limitations around why she hasn't been doing movies so that that could be a good thing but it could also be i could also see it being the kind of thing where this announcement comes out and then she goes to get back to work. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like at her current state, she has the best work ethic. I think as a child, she probably did. But I think the minute that you move to Dubai and you say fuck it to everything and you make your life about just getting engaged and then breaking up and advertising the abusive beach fights and, you know, she's gone kind of a weird way with how she's building, quote unquote, building her life as she's become an adult. So my fear for her is that this could be a repeat of those old, what was that movie she did? Was it called The Canyons? Yes. Like one of the, did you ever watch The Canyons? Yes, it was really weird, but she was really amazing weird. in it. Well, she, well, she, that, well so that's, that's her, that is her plight and also her gift, which is that she can get away with murder because she's beautiful and talented and sort of just has this like ability to, you know, but I think that, you know, if you read reports from that set, it was like, Lindsay's coming four hours late. She had clearly been drinking. She was, you know, like, and I'm not even like here to spread rumors and I'm a Lilo stan. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I do think that when it comes to her relationship with rules and authority and boundaries, she doesn't quite uh, rise to the occasion, Right. So I hope that this is a comeback where we see that the people in whatever her version of the Sam lefties are, you know, mm. whoever is in her life that is just like feeding her the pills and the drugs and the drama and the, you know, setting her up with more abusive guys and then calling the paparazzi on them for her career, right? Either the those people, on. the hangers on, either they're going to just like leave and we will see a rebirth of this original hardworking, like, 
you can be a fun, hardworking person, right? Like she was clearly bringing the party to whatever set she was on, but also was highly reliable and do it. Like when you hear Tina Fey talk about her and Mean Girls, Lilo was a dream, right? Like she was awesome. She she was a, a really hard worker and super committed. And and this was her, to her, that was like her big, I'm not a kid in the movie anymore. I'm the adult. I'm the, you know, I'm the protagonist. So I just, I hope that this is a rebirth for her in the area of her work ethic and her ability to actually like follow the rules and remain structured and remain focused. My fear is that this is going to be like a final last hurrah, last hurrah for Lindsay, where we're like, damn, Lindsay, we gave you another chance. We gave you that Netflix show. You were going to get to be the mom that had amnesia. You didn't even have to be the precocious kid this time. And you still like didn't really come to set lucid or on time or ready to work. So those are the two ways it could go. I'm not, you know, I hope that it goes to the light side versus the shadow side of this energy. But I do think it's interesting that this eclipse is happening right on her Saturn because there is a- Saturn is work. Saturn is rules. Yeah. Yeah. I think- Do you see what I'm saying though? That there's like a little bit of like a- it could go either way. Yeah. But I, I think my prediction is that it's going to be drainage for her and it's going to drain the hangers on and the weirdos out of her life and make her able to work again. That's what I want. That's what I hope. That's okay. what I Let's put out there. Lindsay, if you're listening, we would love you to have, be a guest on the pod. I will read your chart, but just please like, you know, rein it in on set. Let's keep yes, that yes. income coming in let's let's make sure you get work after this like i don't want this to be another canyons experience where this is like the one thing that she does in the next five years because she was such a nightmare to work with here's the other thing that i want to put out into the universe in case anyone's listening who actually wields power in hollywood and well, i'm sure you do and i'm sure that you are listening if they're listening my first suggestion would be to give us a show but my second suggestion would be no matter how much of a nightmare Lindsay is to work with, we still want to watch it. We're still going to watch it. No one would have known the canyons ever existed, despite how like buzzy and artsy it was, without Lindsay. That's so true. The like, only reason we watched was for Lindsay. Right. And we're still, I still think about, I think about the canyons, canyons like once a month, probably. You know? <laughs> when does it come up for you? When do you think about the canyons? I don't know. I think I just think about how weird it was and how it was like sort of really blurring this line between exploitation and art film. And that's just really interesting to me. And, mm-hmm. and I just love Lindsay Lohan. Like I want to watch Liz and Dick again, the one where she's Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. I just want her on my screen. And I feel the same. if she shows up late, you know what? Put a little title card in the middle of the movie that says, hey, we had to rearrange some of the story because Lindsay stopped coming. And now she's in a coma and we have a, a dummy on the bed that pretends to be her while all the other characters visit. And then in the third act, she comes back because she went to rehab. Like, you know what? Just tell us after the movie. You don't even have to put a, you don't even have to put a, yeah. a, a, mid, a mid-movie disclaimer in. Break the fourth wall. I will watch it no matter what if she's in it. Break the fourth wall. I'm, I'm I in. like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm in, especially if it's free, especially if it's on a streamer. I'm in. Right, right. Well, I do think that she, I think for her to do a streamer is like sort of essential because especially like, like if we are going to risk our lives to go to the movie theater, we don't want to risk our lives to go to like someone's D-list meltdown. Like, I don't know if I would pay $20 
at the, even though I love her, I'm not sure I would pay to go see her in the theater, but I will, I will oh. watch the minute it comes out on Netflix. In a Christmas movie? Come on. <laughs> I would pay $40. I would go <laughs> the one with the wine. I would go front row VIP. I would right. hammered and I would probably go again the next week. Right, those movie theaters that have, like, reclining chairs and mozzarella sticks. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. The Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie? Come on. I'm there. I'm very excited. I mean, I, I will say, I have not had something to look forward to other than doing stand-up comedy, uh, you know, until this moment. And yet now, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting December because bring me the Lilo Christmas movie. Like, yeah, I mean, if there was anyone born for Christmas movies with that red hair, I mean, this bitch is holiday cheer in a nutshell, you know? So in a, you know, and we don't want to crack the nut though. We don't want it to be a nut cracker. We want it to be a, a, just a a heavenly nut on the mantle, you know? Yes. Who's your dream cast casting for the blue collar? uh, What is he? A lift operator? What's his job? Wait, you just read my mind because I was about to ask you the exact same question. You go first. Okay, so, because I think it's like, who do we hope the lift operator is and who do we hope the precocious teen is, right? He's also not a lift operator. I just made that up. Oh, he, but he just works at the lodge. He's just like a ski guy. He's a ski guy, yeah. Let me, let me find if he, if he has a job. He's splitting logs all day. Like, he's going to be a lumberjack. Oh, this is really like, if you entered my brain and looked at my id and moved everything around and and sort and color coded it all and then mm-hmm. said what is the perfect movie for Molly Molshine it would be Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie with a lumberjack and amnesia and skiing like the only way this could be more me is if like everyone in the movie has acrylics and fake eyelashes you I know? love that well and to be clear has the have the rest of the cast been announced yet no Okay, so he's a he's a handsome blue collar lodge owner. You're not a blue collar if you own the lodge, but all right, sure, fine. Oh my god. I hope it's in the Alps. Oh, oh my god. Okay. This is I'm sorry, I'm getting so excited. No, get get it. No, I'm feeling it. It's in the Alps in my dream, and it's a French blue collar Frenchman, dude. Oh, oh. okay. This is going to sound so pretentious, but I, since now that I'm European, I go to the Alps once a year for a week. Oh, and oh God, I'm coming next time. You tell me when. I want to just have it on my Instagram. It's unreal and it's incredible. And it's not as expensive as it, it's cheaper than going to like Vermont to ski. Like I never, the only place I would ski or snowboard when I lived in the U.S. was Mountain Creek, which have you ever been there? Of course I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. It's like, you're literally like rolling down a dirt hill. In right. It's like. No, so- no, that, right. No, I went there. I went to yeah. you know, Hunter Creek and, and then what was the other one? It was like, um. Mountain Creek and Hunter Mountain. Hunter Mountain and, and Mountain Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the Poconos, yeah. But so the Alps are like, like I would never go to Vermont because it's too expensive. But the Alps, going to the Alps, like flying to the French Alps is like cheaper than going from New Jersey to Vermont. It's unreal. Wow. Oh, cool. There's like French food everywhere. Everybody's French. Uh, and I'm a Francophile. I love French culture. I, I speak yeah, French, I like French people, because yeah. I'm a fucking loser. So yeah, this is my dream is he's a hot blue collar French Alps Lodge owner. And- is there any actor that who, who I'm trying to think of like, because I have a few in my mind, but I don't know if they're actually French. Like who is actually French? Who was the guy that was in uh, in Unfaithful with Diane Lane? Oh, I don't know. Wasn't he French? Oh my God. Talk about the first movie that I ever like thought I was going to have a, have an, you know, 
a, a non-physical orgasm in the theater when Diane Lane, he like <laughs> a non-physical was, orgasm. Like I, you just I can't help yourself. You're just like I'm not touching my clitoris, but like and yet and yet I here I am just ready to go, ready to bust. Right? No. Did you ever see Unfaithful? You never saw Unfaithful with Diane Lane? Oh my God, no. Molly, a cheating woman's fantasy. Okay, so. In that movie, real quick, Diane Lane is married to Harrison Ford, but she meets this like painter, Olivier, or whatever his name is, in the cafe in the Brooklyn when she was coming to the city from her like rich house in Connecticut. And they like connect. And then like she starts going to his like, you know, weird Williamsburg loft or whatever. I think it was Soho. Obviously, nobody cared about money at that time. Everyone just like had money. But he had some like, like dingy Soho loft. And then he would just like eat her pussy. And then she would like <laughs> think about it. She would like think about it on the train ride home. And then she'd be like touching her pussy. And she'd be like, oh, no, I'll send you the clip of the scene. It's enough. You don't have to watch the whole movie. But they have this, you know, her thinking about the oral sex after it happened in the movie is like one of the sexiest things that I have ever experienced in movie theater as a teenager and realized like, okay, yeah, like I am a sexual being. And sometimes you just, you, yeah, you better wear panties because these movies. So you know I really interesting is that doesn't happen in movies anymore. There are no more like erotic thrillers. There's no more super sexy movies. And I feel like it's because like, people just watch porn now. So it's not a draw anymore to have like a super sexy movie. Dude, that's so true. And I also want to say, I was about to guess his name because of this. And I was right about what his name is. So I will say what his name is. And I don't think he's French. I think, oh, he is French. Okay. So I hope that it's Olivier Martinez. Olivier Martinez. He's unbelievably hot. He was the guy in... You have to watch Unfaithful. But I totally agree, right? Like, the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s gave us this, like, deluge of, like, Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone, Diane, like, like, yeah, so many erotic, Ashley Judd, Julie Roberts, everybody's got, like, yeah, like, an erotic thriller, like a murder mystery affair movie. And I think you're right. I just think that maybe porn is why we're now, like, ah, he just ain't a pussy, but he didn't even get to see, like, clit. Uh, I would just rather watch one. Yeah, I think it's also just because everything's a friggin' superhero movie now, so. You just took the, dude, you're like literally, I was about to be like, and we just watch superhero movies. Yeah. (laughs) It's Okay, so if we're going French, I do hope it is Olivier Martinez. Okay, sounds good. Sounds cool. Now, the people, the person that I was going to say, though, like, okay, here's here's a few, I'm going to throw a few other, like, second choice, Mm -hmm. just in case. Now, he's not French. I do believe he's from the UK. I think Idris Elba, isn't he originally UK or is he American? Yes, he's British. I do know he worked at Caroline's for many years. And that's one of the things Brianna and I would be like, well, Idris worked at Caroline's. But I think it could be like a hot Idris, like a, a, like a, a salt and pepper black guy who is like still got it. I think Lindsay could, I, I, I don't know if it needs to be a, a super white, Al, you know, Alps. Yeah. Lindsay in the Alps is white enough. Like if we could actually be a little bit more open-minded and progressive, like I would love to see. So Olivia, Mar- Olivia Martinez, my number one choice. Second choice, I'm going Idris. I mean, obviously we're all thinking Aiden, but you know, I just, I'm it's not. From Sex in the City. Yeah. Here's what I will say about Idris is not only we could keep our Alps fantasy, but he could be with his British accent because a lot of people from the UK and Ireland, well, now post-Brexit, it's changing, but before Brexit, 
people would move to the Alps for just the season. It's called like a season air and they would live there. So like maybe Idris is British and he goes to the Alps every year uh, and he owns this lodge now because he used to be a season air. So yeah, we can do all of that. We oh, can- I love that. And, and then we have like- the hijinks of like French people and like, you know, it can be a real, a real farce. It can be a good little French farce with Lindsay Lohan and Idris. Like the holiday, but like in the Alps. Oh, now you want to know who I'm thinking for the precocious kid. And I don't even know if this is like age appropriate or right. And so I, I, I hesitate. Don't say Millie Bobby Brown. No. Okay, good, good, good. Oh my, Molly. No, I'm right, done good, with good, 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 good. No, I'm okay, done with Lord. <laughs> I want Lord to play a little younger. I want Lord to be the precocious kid. <laughs> okay. Like, she- <laughs> Okay. And Look, that- I'm just trying to go intuition. Like we, uh, we talked right before this. We are both deeply intuitive. I just, I'm trying not to overthink it. Okay. Now if it's Idris as the father, I'm not sure if that's necessarily the pick, but if it is Olivia Martinez, I want a Lord daughter. I want a creepy, talented, dark, goth, precocious daughter. Okay. Yeah. That's really fun because that would be a fun new genre of precocious daughter for Gen Z. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone who's like an e-girl. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that would be, she's sort of like, because she's not, tick, you know, when I think of precocious teen, what, and what about Addison Ray from TikTok? You want the D'Amelio sisters? No, they just, you know, they just popped up via internet. I feel like Lord is the yeah. true precocious teen. And I feel like Lord is so anti-TikTok and so anti-anything. Like, high, she's such a little snob. She's so high quality. She's such a talent. Like, I just feel like she, and I would say Billie Eilish, although even if she's still young, she kind of reads younger older. Than Lord. Yeah, but she, she's, to me, she's, she's, Lord is like, to me, and I haven't seen her recently, I feel like she's like perennially 16. Like, I feel like she just sort of has that 16. Billy is, is so older than her years. I don't know. I, I'm thinking Lord and Olivia Martinez and or Idris. And then maybe it's the kid that Chrissy bullied. The, what was her name? The, the girl. Quivangene Wallace. Quivangene. Okay, so I either want Idris and Quivangene or I want Olivia Martinez with his daughter Lord. Those are my two big picks. Okay, I I agree, and I think that yeah, it's good to not go the TikTok route because that genre of teen is already so overrepresented, and a lot of teens already think TikTok is stupid and hate social media. So, you know, they're just the most visible type of teen is the TikTok teen. So it's like let's let's challenge ourselves. I agree. Yeah, let's yeah. Please, please, people, let's challenge ourselves. All right, now let's move on to something that I really love. Rita Ora. Oh, yes. Taika Watiti and Tessa Thompson Frenching in public after pulling an all-nighter at a party. Yes. Uh, this story has everything. Basically, they were allegedly at an all-night party at his home in Sydney. Taika Watiti, of course, directed Transformers or something. No, he, tr- he directed Thor and Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Tessa Thompson is an actor. She was in Thor. And Rita Ora is somehow dating Taika Waititi, which is really funny because I'm just like, he to me feels very uh, highbrow. And like Jojo Rabbit was like an, an Oscar bait movie. And Rita Ora is like 
you know, the most notable she things she's done is like Adidas SpawnCon. So I, I just think it's so funny that they're dating. It makes me think that he is a really fun guy because I think she's a really fun girl. Yeah. Uh, and he's not pretentious. And the, they're just, all three of them are making out. So we talked about, also, it's really funny because the Daily Mail, you know, they had the best captions of all of it. It was like, they appeared to have been staying up all night. And it's like, what, how did they appear Wait, that way? Was it just how, because- how, in what, what do you mean? You saw them roaming in the streets at 4 a.m.? Like, how, how would you act, or they just like look disheveled? Like, how right. would they even know that? Rita's hair, actually, I'm like, yeah, that does appear to have, that it does appear to be someone who has not slept because okay. it's just that, that type of hair where you're like, oh, it definitely looked amazing the night before. Yeah. They're all wearing different crazy clothes that make no sense. Like, yeah, they definitely are like in a walk of shame and just keep uh-huh. the party going, which is crazy because Taika Waititi is 45 years old. I think it's so hopeful though. Yeah. And also, fuck men, fuck all the men who get to be 45 years old and just having threesomes for the first time. Like, I just don't necessarily think that the women are as blessed in terms of like, the, you know, our skin sags off our face a little bit earlier. Or like, we look older faster. The fuck's wrong with the, you know, I just feel like, of course, he's 45 and just coming into his sexual prowess. Well, I think there's a lot of 45 year old women that are probably doing the same thing. I gotta say, I feel yeah. like you know, but also we talked about like a week or two ago, how we really want Grimes, Elon Musk and Miley Cyrus to be the first high profile thruple. And we, we, we may have seen the beginnings of it in their night of no sleep. Right. So I I mean, the jury's still out on that one, but now we have been gifted this completely random, unexpected thruple. What, where did this come from? What's happening astrologically that is causing this thruple energy? Well, I like we've been talking about all year, you know, we have Saturn all year moving through Aquarius. Now, Jupiter moved into Pisces for like a minute. Now it's about to move back into Aquarius. So when you have both Jupiter and Saturn, Jupiter is like expansion, growth, like abundance. Saturn is like the rules, the work, the boundaries, the like systems, right, that are in place that we learn our lessons through or that we build upon. So I think the fact that we are just in this extremely Aquarian moment, you know, it was sort of the dawn of the age of Aquarius. It's not the age of Aquarius yet, but it is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So Wait, it's been that since the 70s or 60s? No, it's been that since like December and hair was just like, a, um, I mean, I guess dawnings of ages take decades because for an age to actually change, it's like hundreds of years you know like oh, okay. like to enter a new age so it's been the dawning of the age of aquarius for many many years the music and the boomers it. ruined it the first time they really blew that they blew their start well that's what always happens right it's like the minute that you enter something new there's always going to be the like the, the type the buttholes that just squeeze up and are like no we're not changing so mm-hmm. you know that's why grandparents are cooler than your parents it's like every other generation right so i feel like especially in december we had a new moon we had a pluto saturn Jupiter, we had we had all of these major planets meeting in the sign of Aquarius, kind of bringing us into this new age where we predicted that we were going to see the fall 
of a lot of what we think of as the like traditional structures that make up our society as we know it we knew that they were going to start to crumble before our eyes. We also know that Aquarius as a sign in general is pretty poly. Aquarius is like all the people. Not, and this is not to say that if you're an Aquarian that you necessarily have to be having orgies and, you know, but you do need a lot of action. Like when I see someone that has like a Mars or a Venus or just heavy planets in Aquarius, I'm always like, are you cheating on your girlfriend or do you have a couple of girlfriends or you know it's it's a very one love we all fought I mean Marley is like the typical Aquarian god and he had so much love to give he was making such beautiful music he was a beacon of light and love and peace in the world and he had like 12 wives so like that's some Aquarian shit right there okay so while we're having this like year of Aquarian of, of, of Saturn in Aquarius and of Jupiter coming in and out of Aquarius and being in Aquarius, we are seeing everybody's like ideas of rules and structures and boundaries shifting out of that more linear kind of, you know, Capricorn, like these are the rules. This is appropriate. This is not appropriate. And it's like this Aquarius is like, fuck appropriate. Like we're going with what's real. We're, we want to connect with all the people. We want to have all the girlfriends and all the boyfriends. And it's a little bit unrealistic for marriage to be between one person and one other person for 50 years. Right? Like that's kind of the Aquarian, you know, rap. So I think that while we're in this big Aquarian year, the fact that we are having potential throuples pop up before our eyes is not a coincidence. I think, you know, one of the things I said at the very beginning of this year was I could see this being the end, no offense, fiance, but I could see for some people, or, or not this being the end in general of traditional marriage as we know it, but but of the ways that we have been opening it up it's gonna opening open up. it up yeah okay. like not everyone has to do it the same way right exactly even like with that housewife season we watched where like in in salt lake city everyone was like the big rumor was like she's a swinger no she's a swinger no she's a swinger it's like we're coming into an age where you could be in a healthy monogamous marriage and be swingers and have it not be taboo have it be totally fucking normal we're human beings we're animals you know, for us to get intellectually or psychologically bored or want to explore or want to expand our horizons, I think is totally normal. I also think, especially because we're in this sort of like in-between zone, like, so yeah, I think I do think we are moving out of capitalism as the like basic financial structure, but I don't think we're there yet. So I think there's kind of like a power grab in a lot of ways. Like while we are still living in this capitalist culture, it's kind of like, yeah, make the money when you can make, yeah, Harry, go exploit your, your childhood for the box with Oprah, hundred percent. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that like part of what we're seeing aside from just this, like opening up of what we think of as like appropriate or, or reasonable or rational or normal or traditional, we're seeing actually, uh, things are not that black and white. And I think because we are all still entrenched, deeply entrenched, I mean, part of why we assumed that Miley and Grimes and Elon were better as a throuple than as a tuple (laughs) is because Elon is tweeting about how he works seven days a week, 24 hours a day. This man is not like an, a, a present partner to his par- to his girlfriend and his child. It guy's not there. So to live in a world where polyamory wasn't just this weird Mormon thing that was using that was being used to like exploit or or 
control women. If instead it's actually like a functional way for people that are super successful to to act or, or to be within relationship kind of makes sense because let me be so clear, okay? Uh, what's his name? The guy? Uh, Tycho Atiti. Tycho Atiti is busier than both Rita and Tessa combined. Okay. I don't know. Rita's pretty busy. Rita is busy, but you know what's interesting about Rita? I feel like Rita was like one of my number one. Like when I saw Rita, I was like, and I am fucking, I'm so desperately, unfortunately straight. I love penis. I love men. But Rita, when I saw Rita, I was like, girl crush. Like I was, I felt wow, like, really? I, for some reason, I find her to be like, if I was going to fuck women, Rita would be like one of my top three. Like, yeah, I'm down for Rita. Like, let me fuck Rita. I find Rita to be so attractive. And yeah, I think a lot of people love her. She's really magnetic in some way. Really is. She's so magnetic. She's so beautiful. She's so different and yet still a hot blonde, like, ugh, love. But can you like, like, can you name one Rita or a song song that's actually a like bona fide banger going to go down is a classic. Like this oh. is, I can't even remember how I goes. She was just a, she was featured on someone's song. It wasn't that her track was good or, or, or that her verse was good. It was that when I saw the images, I was like this beautiful woman. Oh my God. Like it isn't her talent that we're buying. Right. It's her charisma. She's just yeah. a really charismatic, fun person. And she's got so many like, famous friends, even people who are like a lot higher up in the celebrity firmament than her. It's very clear that she's a really fun, awesome person that people just want to hang out with. And not to say that she's not busy. Like she is on a ton of, she's a feature on a ton of people's songs. She puts out a ton of songs. She's but- busy not with music. That's what she's busy with. Right. She's busy with like cross promo and like yeah. branding stuff and spawn con, like commercials that's what she's busy with but like to direct thor as you and i both we are we are graduates of film of of educate we are film graduates we're film students mm. we know how much work goes in to actually behind the, like directing thor is a that's an elon 24 hours a day seven day a week job yeah no but here's what's phoning cool. in and directing of marvel movies but here's what's cool about that then you can take a year off Right, right. Because you just directed Thor and you made a gazillion dollars and like you're still going to be pretty hot a year from now. So that's why I think it's the dream, that like sort of freelance lifestyle. But so uh, I I think we can put a pin in this one and just say, you know, we're going to see more throuples. We're going to see more open polyamory. We even talked about this already with Willow Smith, which I totally forgot about. There's been rumors for years that Will and Jada had an open marriage. And I think the really interesting thing about this story, the Rita, Taika, Tessa story is that no one was judging it. Everyone thought it was hilarious. Okay. And let me just throw in one more thing before we put a pin pin in it. Mm -hmm. Again, we're talking about Wednesday's eclipse. Okay. It's at five degrees Sag. Rita, where's her son? Four degrees Sag. Where's her Venus? 10 degrees, where the South Node is, Sag. Where's her Mars? Five degrees Gemini. Okay? So she's getting hit with this eclipse in the, like, her ident. This eclipse is a washing out of the old way that we thought of her and completely bringing in a new image of, like, like before that we knew that she was throupling all over Sydney, 
we didn't even know who she was dating, didn't really care, didn't really, you know, as someone who's super fucking hot and we don't even know why she's famous other than just like being listed on tracks, we still can't put our finger on any song she's ever done. And like being on best dress and worst dress list. Right. But like, I actually think this is like, oh, we are seeing Rita and her love life and, and how she does business and how she does, we're seeing her in a whole new way, okay? So that is a very much, this is an eclipse story for Rita. Now, let's look at Taika real quick. Oh, okay, let's talk about Sagittarius in his chart. Oh, what do you know? His moon is at 15 degrees Sagittarius. So for him, and his, and his Mars is at zero degrees Gemini. So even for him, for, for Rita, it's an outward story, right? We're seeing an outward change in her, how we, and we'll see what happens this week, but we're seeing the, the, the change, her identity and how we know her. For Taika, this is actually about his moon. This is about his inner self, his soul self. This is about who, so if he has not been living his life in this outwardly adventurous way, but low key in his heart, he just, you know, he, he wants to have a little more fun. We are seeing that now he's finally kind of being granted the gifts of his his true like internal desires. I mean, he is a Leo son. Okay. And last but not least, Tessa. I don't know who the fuck Tessa Thompson is. Well, I Googled her before because you, you were like, look at this image. And I'm like, Rita, her, oh my God. Her IMDb page is insane. She has been working more than like any actor in the past 10 years. It's crazy. Well, who, who is she? What have, I, what have I seen her in? She was in Creed. She was in Dear White People. She was in obviously the Thor movie, which I didn't see. I've not really seen that much stuff that she's been in, but she also was rumored to be dating Janelle Monet for a while. Okay, so let me tell you, based on- He was in that great vagina music video that Janelle Monae did, where she pops out of the the vagina pants, yeah. Oh, I loved the vagina pants. Yeah. Well, they were labia pants, I'm sorry. I hate when people misidentify vagina and the external shit. They were labia pants. I agree, actually. Thank you. That's the stand I want to- No, you're right. It was labia pants, you fucking assholes. Okay, but here's here's what I want to say about Tessa- even though she apparently has been this hardworking Hollywood, you know, gay icon who knew, we don't. Well, it's not confirmed, but yeah, it's, and we still, but we just right. Well, but but even that—that's what I'm saying. That like, she, she's been in all these movies, but I didn't know her name. She's if she's dating Janelle Monet and is the is the labia pants is, is the labia, known from the labia pants fame. Okay, and yet we still don't really know her. This is okay. Talk about this eclipse. Okay. Five degrees Sagittarius is where the eclipse is on Wednesday. At six degrees Sagittarius, we have a conjunction between her Uranus and her Jupiter. Okay. So this could be the thing that she actually needed to put her on the map. Like before this triple kiss after a night of partying, we may still have never known her actual name. Right? We've been going, oh, Labia Pants Girl. Yeah, yeah. No. Now we know who she is. And her North Node. The purpose of her soul's iteration is at 18 degrees Gemini. So we have one eclipse coming up on Wednesday. We have a second eclipse coming up on June 10th on her North Node. So she, more than anybody in this situation, is going to have an eclipse story to remember. Because I would get, let's check back, but I would say come mid, uh, come late June, like mid-late June, we are going to be hearing about Tessa and understanding her role in this and why we're even interested in her and how maybe she was even the 
you know, maybe she was actually, the, maybe she low-key is like the orgy mother and she's starting tons of group sex in Hollywood and all over the world, right? But we don't totally know until this eclipse on. So this eclipse that's happening is literally draining and returning her home in her eighth house, which is like scandalous secret affairs and romance and, you know, behind closed door stuff on her Uranus. So the whole story, now that we see it differently, is going to change. But then she's going to have kind of like a coming out because the eclipse after this on June 10th is on exactly on her North Node. I think we have not, I think this is just the beginning of Tessa, wow. Tom, of Tessa Thompson's, like, this is kind of, we're, like, witnessing her coming out, and I'm not just talking about her sexuality. Like, this is going to be, from now on, after June, we're going to hear about her a lot more. Her career is going to go way better. We're going to respect her in movies. We might even give her awards. But until this throuple, we may have never even thought of her again. She, she could have just, you know, been a working actress, but then just faded away into the abyss. No, not now. Not now. She's having throuples in Sydney with Rita and, and Mr. And, you know, director Dethor. No, no, no. She knows what she's doing. This is a very faded throuple. I think it's going to elevate all of their statuses and, and continue to expose things about who these people really are that makes us way more interested, attracted to, and familiar with their work if we're already not. Awesome. And I love it because it really feels like a genuine non-manufactured moment. This They were definitely fucking. <laughs> yeah. And like they're, they were definitely all on drugs and their publicists are all freaking out, but they shouldn't be freaking out because I think, like you said, this is going to be great for all three of them because great for all three of them. Yeah. Like society, socially speaking, societally speaking, we are ready for this. Like we are ready for an open throuple, even if it's just a one night thing. We all think it's hilarious. It's funny. It's relatable to see them like fucked up, didn't sleep, making out. Well, and it's very permission giving. It's like, okay, in terms of just like film careers, and then we can't get off it. But in terms of film careers, again, as two film students. Yes. So nothing true. more successful than being the director of Thor. Mm-hmm. Like if you get to the point where you are the director of Thor, you have reached. And, and uh, what, it, it, what is it? I'm saying his name wrong. Taika. He is a person of color. He is someone whose name has not been just rolling off our tongues in, in our like common vernacular. And I think that this is really a cool, I feel like I was taught in film school and even with comedy, it's like, if you want to be successful, you need to give, you know, 110% of your life to this craft and to being nothing but super fucking serious about your, to be a director is such a privilege, you know, like it is so like, I think him showing us not only this other side of his personality and just sort of, uh, you know, also because we've had so many directors getting attacked with claims of sexual assault or sexual abuse or on set, um, act outs or, or, or just using like sexual coercion or making people uncomfortable. I love this for him because I think it's like, oh, by the way, not only my director of Thor and all these other movies that you haven't even seen yet. Okay. But I'm also doing sexual play and freedom and fun in a non-abusive way. I'm actually here partying with these two hot chicks that want to be here with me. I think he's normalizing work play balance. I think he's normalizing group sex and and just group play in a way that doesn't simultaneously take away from his status as an artist 
Wow, that is such a good point, and I love that. Why and he's so deep, but I can't help it. It's so true. He just seems like a cool guy who puts everyone at ease and everyone's down to like down to clown with him, which yeah. is so rare for a director because they're usually like borderline sociopaths. Or they like get in trouble for it. Like even like when, when Kristen Stewart had the affair with, with her director, it was like he was married and it was right. scandalous and she broke Pattinson's heart and then Loki, she's gay. And it's like, this is like such a above board sexual escapade there is we cannot talk down about this under any circumstance right also i love that both of the women involved are over 30 like that shouldn't that shouldn't be like a momentous thing but it is it's really cool that they're both in their 30s they're both still in the beginning of their careers i mean again rita Ora's career is like adidas spokeswoman who once in a while dabbles in music but like the and tessa is like like you said, she is not even at the apex of her career yet. And yet she's already starred in like five blockbusters. So it's really fun and cool and awesome. And it's the future, what they're yeah, doing. I think this is the start of something big for all three of them. And I think this throuple is the thing that's going to catapult all of them into our like lexicon of normal, you know, celebrity gossip or, ce- or just celebrities that we associate with or refer to like none of them are good references at this point none of them are pop referenceable really as a punchline until unless you're really plugged in then you would know who they are but yeah for the average they're not household names none of them are household household names. names yeah but I think the other thing is like what a great example of how to drum up press without a conflict or uh, something bad. You know what I mean? Like just good, clean, fun, not necessarily good, clean, fun. Cause they're definitely on MDMA. Good, dirty fun. Good, <laughs> yeah. dirty fun. But like fun that is like consensual as far as we know and not harming anyone. And like, Certainly. this is just like a fun storyline for all three of them. And it's cute. And, and it's funny. It's funny. They look so hungover and like it fucked up. It's so no, I've funny. never related to any celebrities more in my life. So no, this is like, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll go, I'll party with them. And like, this seems fun. Yeah. If you, if you want to see me in the morning, you better believe it will be with a bunch of other celebrities all making out when I have not slept yet. Like, otherwise I will just sleep until four o'clock and then not pick up my phone. Like, no, if, if I'm going to go down with a walk of shame, have me at brunch making out with two other famous people, hundred percent. I love this for them. And you're going to hate this because I know these shows are too long. You can, you can pause recording and restart if you want, but I do just want to ask you one thing. I know this okay. is not of an art. Did speaking of when, did you notice that Jen and Ben were in Miami together this past week? Yeah, it's like I think it's so fake. You're just like it's fake. I don't care about them. Like even if they are hooking up, which maybe they are. Like I just don't care. It's not interesting to me. It's just so mutually beneficial for them that, like I I just don't care. I just don't. I care. actually don't think they're hooking up. I want to say the reason I even bring this up is because based on our, our last Jen and Ben combo, when I saw the pictures of them, so you're the one that told me, and I believe it now that Ben is a bit of a caller of the paparazzi on himself. Oh, mm-hmm. what a detail. What did you do? And men never get called thirsty for it, by the way, which we already talked about. But yeah, he is. Let's call him thirsty and we get why, okay? This man has not been drinking and we know he likes to drink. So please get this man some something to drink. No, I'm kidding. But it's like <laughs> when I saw these pictures of Jen and Ben leaving their Miami mansion that they were sharing for the weekend – 
first of all, there's no need to be in a mansion if you're just fucking one person. The only reason to be in a mansion at this point is for you to have two different rooms. Okay. Second oh of all. God, amazing point. And not no, to mention. No, I thought of that and I was like, I, I got to tell Molly. Do no, you know what I mean though? It's yeah. like, otherwise just like rent a villa in the Maldives or like rent, get a, get a penthouse hotel in one of the, you're going to rent a mansion for the two of you. You're not hanging out that much. Okay. Yeah. Second of all. He has all of a sudden lost a huge amount of weight. He looks back in Ben hot, in shape form. We know that JLo is the ultimate workhorse. She does not miss a day in the gym, in the studio, in the, and that is, that's even what he said about her. Like, Jennifer, I'm so glad she's finally got, I actually hated that compliment. If somebody said about me, I want to go down, everybody, whenever I'm famous, I want you to know. I don't want anybody referring to the success I deserve because of my work ethic. I want everyone to think I am nothing but a complete and total natural. Okay. I hate when he's like, Jennifer's getting a lot of uh, Jennifer. He made like a statement about her right before she and A-Rod broke up where somebody asked about JLo and he was like, aside from just her being so talented and beautiful and awesome, nobody deserves the success that she's getting now because you don't understand this bitch works 24 seven to be better than she is every single day. It's like, Oh, yeah, stop. Don't say that. Don't say, we don't want to know Jennifer's trying too hard. Don't, don't, don't say that. But all of this it's like say, It's like when someone comes to your comedy show and they're like, wow, you're so brave. Oh my God. Yes. Like, you're like, no. that's not why we're doing it. I'm not, right. That's not why, that, that's not a helpful, or no, one time I did a show and uh, someone came over to me after, it was sort of a bomb. I had a tough, I was doing like an hour and a half of experimental shit. And uh, someone came after the show to me to say that, it was really, I gave them a lot to think about. It was really interesting. And I was like, oh man, I suck. <laughs> I was like, well, that was exactly not the point, but okay. I'm glad I gave you some sticky points to take home. But all this is <laughs> my, big, my big claim here with Jen and Ben. You want to know what I really think's going on? Yes. She's personal training him. That's it? I think that they're hanging out on purpose for the sake of paparazzi, she's like, oh, you think you're a loser now? I just got cheated on by A-Rod, who should have been nothing but completely and fucking devoted to me. He was so lucky that he found even a match as good as me. No, she's like, Ben, we're doing this. No, they are, they are 100% calling the paparazzi on themselves. They're 100% putting them into the public image together in this way, extremely on purpose. And now, no, nobody is a better personal. Ben has not worked out for like a decade okay this yeah. man had no qualms about being like i just drink and get back tattoos now and i just wish i didn't mess my marriage up right he has been so wallowing in his own middle-aged manness with no it would take a lot for anybody unless they were super highly motivated to like just get back in shape in their fucking late 40s or whatever well, i think why, he's the only he one that can get him doing fucking squats that's what makes me think they might actually be hooking up what? Because don't you, whenever you hook up with talking with someone new, you completely lose your appetite. I do. Oh yeah, totally. I of get course. so skinny. And, and like, that's the fun. Yeah. And it's like, but also it could be the breakup because that's also a side effect of breakups. I think that whether, the, I think that this is a different case though, because they're not new dating. This isn't a new yeah. couple. 
And I don't know if the, the rumors are true. If anybody has any information on whether or not, whether or not Ben did in fact cheat on JLo right before their wedding with a stripper, I am dying for that intel. We only heard one rumor so far. So, so I would like to know more if you know more. But yeah, it would make sense because like that's why she dedicated herself to hustlers to being like, oh, let, watch me become the hottest stripper yeah. ever. No, I think that she is a smart, brilliant, beautiful, petty bitch. She is all Leo. No, she cares a lot about her storyline. Her Leos are prideful. That's like the biggest thing for Leos. They have an ex, they have an excruciating uh, attachment to their image and to pride and to feeling like their story is the story that's being told, yeah. right? So I think, I mean, if they're fucking now cool, like I'm happy to, you know, you got to get it in, you know, I don't think they're fucking anybody else, but I do think more than anything, she is waking him up at six in the morning for maybe the first time since the last time that they were engaged and he is hitting the gym. And even if it's in the pursuit of fucking her, I think she's the only person that could actually get him back into fit fighting condition, because even if it's just the sexual attraction or the like, you know, once, yeah, once you start fucking someone new, you do lose a lot of weight. It's like, oh my God, I have no appetite. I just want whatever. But then it becomes normal and then you become fat together and then you're farting under the covers and you don't have sex for a year and a half. Maybe that's just yeah. me. Okay. But, but so I don't think, I think that actually there, there's, I could see them being still in that pre-sex, maybe we'll fuck, but that that's actually fueling the dynamic. And at the end of the day, she's like, look, Ben, just come around with me so I don't look just totally heartbroken and like I got dumped here. Like I want this to look like I actually low-key also had a side piece. And I promise you, if you do this, I will make sure that past this relationship, you will be able to like get your career back, feel like that stud again. You are one of people's sexiest men on the cover. He, he is so sexy, but he was re- before this JLo revival, this man was dying slowly before our eyes. Yeah. So I just looked it up. Apparently the story about the stripper came from the National Enquirer, which contrary to popular belief does get a lot of scoops and does get a lot of really good reporting. But apparently he thought about suing the National Enquirer over it, but didn't, which makes me think it happened. But he did it. Yeah. But apparently J-Lo wasn't bothered, allegedly wasn't bothered about it because she's like, he just went to a strip club, which I agree, like whatever. I don't think a strip club is the thing to worry about. I think that like coworkers are the thing to worry about. Well, but if I, okay. But in that, when I looked up that strip club story, he says, I called Jennifer before I went to the strip club just to let her know. Cause like paparazzi and press would probably be reporting on it, but that that wasn't the issue. It was that the, there were two strippers that were there who made claims that like he got, you know, he's an alcoholic. He got a little blacky and then he was feeling them up and that they, he wouldn't take their hand, his hands off of them. Ooh. And then their breakup was extremely sudden and then she goes on to talk about for like the whole next year that that was her first like real heartbreak so something did i don't know i like the stripper story as being true i think that if it was true she would never i think she cares a lot about us thinking that she is not getting cheated on and the minute there's even a hint of that, she's like, I'm out. No, she was never going to forgive A-Rod for messaging some weird blonde from Southern Charm or whatever. Yeah. Because she's just like, why would you do that, you fucking idiot? Like, she, she, why would you do that? Also, 2003 was a very gropey year. That was a time when everyone was groping. 
Yes, dude. As somebody who was in her junior year of college, I can tell you that all bets were off. Yeah. She was involved. <laughs> oh, wait, I do have a question while we're on Rita Ora, et cetera. Okay. From a PR perspective, do you, I guess, do you think that they were thinking about this brunch makeout, this morning after brunch makeout, do you think that they knew that they were going to be photographed? And from a PR perspective, either if you were working for them or that they were masterminding something, how do you see them using this? Where do you see this? Like, what is the PR angle of this story? Here's the thing. The photos were taken by Backgrid, which is a photo agency that very frequently collaborates with celebrities. Interesting. By which I mean to say gets called by celebrities and instructed to take photos. That's like, this is why I ask you these hard hitting questions. Cause who knows that other than you, LOL. I know only other this psychos. This is your gift. So the other thing though, is let, let's be real. They didn't, they don't look amazing in the pictures. Right. <laughs> so I don't. They I, drunk dialed back grid is what you're saying. Right. Like if anything, they drunk dialed them, but I really, I don't think that this was orchestrated. Uh, I Rita think. Orchestrated. Rita orchestrated. Rita orchestrated. Oh my God. Rita orchestrated. What a great. Yeah, Rita orchestrated. Yeah. What a great nickname. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't think this was orchestrated. I think this was truly uh, an accident. And I think they probably are in uh, you know, meltdown mode over it, especially Taiko Atiti, because it is the whole Me Too moment that we're in that, like, there might be a couple people who are like, he's the director and Tessa is an actor. Like, she and Rita I think, also. Did I read it correctly? I think Rita and Tessa are both in the, I think they're both acting in the second Thor that he is currently directing. That's why they're all together in Sydney. Yeah, something like that. So there will be, like, there will be a danger of people being like, there's a power imbalance. But, you know, I, I think overall, they can get away with not saying anything about it. And they probably won't say anything about it. They don't need to say anything about it until they start doing press junkets for whatever the next film is because it's going to come up and people are going to ask. So that's why I wanted your perspective because like, I guess to, to give everybody like a little, uh, sorry, I can't help myself, but I just want to ask her, educate you all. When we're talking about eclipse season and we're talking about eclipses, we're not talking about things happening that we are specifically orchestrating or manifesting or whatever. We're talking about fate washing people places things situations paparazzi into the sphere and out of the sphere in ways that we really would not have necessarily planned or asked for so that's where i'm curious because i'm like i agree like i think that that astrologically it's perfect but that it wasn't it was an accident that it was photographed and published yeah and that they probably are all freaking out but i think i want to just say to them like hey you guys nobody freak out it, it, this is a when we're talking about eclipse moments, it's fate moments. So there's something very faded about this coming into light because, especially because they all have hardcore, like early degree Sagittarius, where this eclipse is, like old ideas of what they all felt personally was appropriate or what they felt they had to like either hide or yeah, you know, keep behind, keep private. 
it's like, no, our beliefs about you may change slightly and what becomes normal in society might change slightly. But at the end of the day, you did not prepare for this, but I promise it will be a good thing. So I want to say that Rita, if you're listening and, and Tessa, you know, it's all good. Just yeah. everybody chill. It's all good. I also want to say how funny it is that it is fated and they all seem faded. I mean, there's merch. How do we do faded or faded merch? Yeah. Okay. We're going to figure it out. No, this is the best. Space Trash Etsy it is the best store online right now. Molly is wearing her Space Trash pants. And what she told me on our break was that they're the most comfortable sweatpants she's ever worn in her fucking life. So They really are. are and I, I never buy sweatpants because they're so hit or miss, but these are the perfect level of like slim fitting. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. so comfortable and they have three pockets, which is great. They're unisex. Where's the third pocket? On the butt. Oh, a cheap. So I wasn't even going to drop the Taurus sweatpants because I didn't know if anyone really cared, but now I'm going to drop them just to buy them myself because drop them. And what did you think of my little, I got to, I got to bring the quality up, but how do you like my little Gemini icon? My happy sad. Oh yeah. It's awesome. And I I'm have so some proud. thoughts. I, just put two, I put two little clip arts together. It's so good. It's so good. I want to do that one next. I was going to say, but we, I want to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do that one next. That one's coming out. More next. merch coming soon, but you guys are going to want to get on this. There are three pockets in those sweats. They are slim fitting and yet still comfy, cozy. And, uh, they represent the number one, most important media source in your life right now. Space trash podcast lifestyles of the rich in Uranus. Yes. Oh my God. And Uranus, there's a pocket on Uranus. Exactly. I'm going to make, I might make a pair that say Uranus is famous on the back pocket. That's no, are you, no, today we are like, you are literally, you're literally reading my mind, Molly. But do you think people will buy Uranus is famous? If people bought Juicy on their ass, they would buy, we could figure out maybe it's Uranus is famous or maybe it's like famous Uranus. But the thing is, Juicy is butt cheeks. Uranus is butthole. That is a lot more graphic. Whoa. Whoa. I Wow. Okay, so that actually, for me, is a major paradigm shift. Similar to vagina and labia, when I think of Uranus, I just think you, your ass. But you're saying Uranus is, the anus is actually the butthole? Poopy butt. Wow. Okay. So it's an interesting PR conversation to have maybe offline. But if you guys have any thoughts... <laughs> You know, do you feel, do you feel grossed out or empowered by claiming Uranus as what it is? It's your, it's Uranus and you're famous for it. I don't feel grossed out or empowered. I just think it's funny to talk about butts. Comedy pod. It's a comedy. Yeah. No, for a while when I first started becoming a professional astrologer and, and then we can get back to shit. Okay. But when I first started doing astrology, like professionally, and I, especially early pandemic when I wasn't doing any comedy, if you watch some live streams from like early 2020, I, I, I even even say it now. It's so embarrassing. I started saying Uranus or Uranus. I remember you saying that. Yeah. But then I, I came back to my good, my good senses, my good graces, because I was like, wait a second, there's always multiple pronunciations. Is it mozzarella? Is it mozzarella? Okay. I'm, co- I'm comedy first. I am a comedian first. We're going with Uranus. Give me a fucking break. But I did. I had to go through the gamut of, I'm calling it Uranus. I'm calling it Uranus. In order to just come back to this place of no fucking way. It's Uranus. It's my anus. It's anus. It's funny. 
It's your anus. The anus is out, baby. The anus is prolapsed. Whoa. Wow. You know, you didn't mean to bring it back to rom-coms and porn, but a prolapsed Uranus on the sweatpants. This is full circle in a way that I don't even think that this is, this is, this is eclipse shit. Okay. Because we've now eclipsed Uranus with prolapsed Uranus. And that's, that's actually disgusting and, and incredible all at the same time. And it's something that we would have never even, you know, at the beginning of this recording, we did not think that we would ever say pro- prolapse Uranus even on this podcast. And yet here we fucking are. I love it, Molly. Beautiful work. Yeah. It's fate again, as you say. It's faded and they're faded. We got to figure out how to do faded and faded merch. That's very good. Yes, we, we will. We will. Now, this is a story that you have been more on top of than me, I think. Shanna Mochler yes. sort of yes. spiraling about Travis Barker now dating Courtney Kardashian. Yes. Of course, Travis and Courtney are having a very, uh, you know, graphic love affair for <laughs> sure. You're, they're in Uranus's famous territory. Uh, they are putting, they're being very demonstrative, putting it all over social media. Shanna Mochler is the former Miss Montana or something that was Travis's first wife. She was like Miss USA. I think she, I think she was. Oh, she went all the way. Okay. I think she went all the way and she's beautiful, but. Beautiful. But yeah, interesting moment for Shanna. Yeah. So Shanna's freaking out. Uh, that they're mm-hmm. dating. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do. It, it reminds me a little bit of the Chrissy, Courtney, Stodden uh, scenario because it's like not only is Courtney dating her ex, which we can all pretend that we're above getting annoyed at our ex's new no, partner. No, we but are like, not. We are stalking. We have finstas. Relax. Yeah, we all do it. Uh, but not only is Courtney dating her former man and the father of her children and getting close to her children, which must add a whole nother layer of pain and discomfort to it. But Courtney is one of the most successful reality stars in history. And Shanna has not been on reality television since, you know, the 2000s. So I think that has to add to the pain. So she's got three times as much pain as the rest of us would feel watching our ex move on. So I just want to say I am giving Shanna the grace to be angry and tell TMZ about her ex-husband's dirty laundry, not only out of selfish reasons because I love it, but also because I'm like, you know what? That sucks. So we've all been the Shanna here. We've certainly all been the Shanna, but here's the, here's the first question. Okay. So the reason that we're even talking about this today, unlike any other day, because Shanna, since they started dating, Shanna has been popping off, spouting off at the mouth, subtweeting, co-signing, just being such a little like subversible covert asshole, but we get it. We love it. We stand because we've all been that woman. Okay. But now hilarious character to come swinging through Aubrey O'Day being part of this story. That's why today I was more interested in this than anything else. Because did you watch the making of the making the band that Aubrey O'Day was on? Aubrey, Aubrey. Eden's crush. Yes. Okay. I, first of all, in that season, she was, the absolute best. No, not Eden's crush. Then she, Danity Kane. Oh, it was Danity Kane. Eden's, Kane, Eden's crush. I want to write that. I no, Eden's crush is also something that we need to talk about. Whoa, I haven't thought about Eden's crush. I, okay, same era though. Loved both. Yeah, loved Eden's crush. But no, no, Aubrey was Danity Kane. The the reality group that Diddy formed before our eyes. 
Aubrey during that season was by far she was the Rachel Clarkonnell of the season. Like she was the who? Well, because like if you so you don't watch The Bachelor in the last Matt James Bachelor before she became outed as a Confederate party girl, she was. If you watch the last season's Bachelor, it's painful because all these other women are saying "I love you," and he's like, "I receive that," and then <laughs> and then he's telling Rachel that he loves her. Like we all knew that she was gonna win because he was just from the beginning of the. From the middle of the, she was like one of the first dates, but then he was saying, I love you to her and nobody else. So it was like, who's going to win the competition? It's like, it's getting played out for us before our eyes. We know who's going to win the competition. Give me a break. Okay. It's going to be Rachel. And when we were watching that Diddy making the band season, Aubrey O'Day was the camp. I, I was in love with her. I was like, wow, she is so talented. I mean, she really was. She could dance. She could sort of sing. Like she was just beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> then sort of sing. You know what I mean? Damage. It was not like a hard song. Okay. But that's but, the best you can hope for in a Diddy making the band <laughs> VH1 situation. See, she can dance. She can sort of sing. She was just clearly the breakout star. Like she just had that it vibe, that energy where you just, I could not stop watching her from the moment that she appeared on camera until the, the moment it ended. And like, you knew that he was building this girl group around her and she was chaos and always has been oh chaos and but the of the most magnetic kind right now what's interesting if we're talking about astrology and this eclipse coming up she is a sagittarius rising and a seven degree gemini moon and a gemini north node so she's also for her to all of a sudden appear kind of out of the abyss and show up in this moment in time it is not a coincidence it is astrology it is fate because there is a shift of perception going on with with like her soul and who she is and what her life's purpose is versus like how she's been presenting and how we've been kind of i mean she went through a weird so she also always just pops up with the t like well, she, that's Gemini mood, Gemini North. No, yeah. No. Like remember when she, tea. remember when she was like, I had a, an affair with Donald Trump Jr. or whatever. Okay, I was again reading my mind today. That was the thing that I was about to just say. After Danity Kane sort of started to like spiral out of control because I actually believe that she was getting way more attention and press. And you know these girl groups that are just like manufactured, they do end up having some struggles between them because they're not like just girls that love hanging out. They like kind of were pinned against each other and then put in a group together. It fucking sucks, right? But after the the de-evolution, the devolution of Danity Kane, she then popped up as a Donald Trump junior mistress which he denied tell us what happened so so shanna mochler said to tmz she was like just fyi uh courtney is not the first kardashian to home wreck me those were not her words but she was like kim had an affair with travis a few years ago and like i knew it was going on and blah 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 so this is the big scandal like did they both hook up with the same man and my thing is i think all of the kardashians pass men around because they treat men like pieces of meat they also hump each other 
like they're twins in porns. Like they're, and they're, like they're Chloe overtly and- sexual together as a family. There's like nipple licking pictures of all the t- sisters. I mean, it, does, it is weird. And like Chloe has more sexual chemistry with Rob than she's ever had with any of her partners. Right. More sexual chemistry with Rob, only second to Scott Disick. She and Scott Disick also have incredible chemistry. Yeah. And I think the reason for this, the reason why all of the Kardashians sort of uh, don't have, don't seem to have any qualms about this. Like they are not only a true matriarchy where men, like for me with my like repressed Catholic upbringing, I have it in my head that like every man that I have ever hooked up with uh, has gotten one up on me in some way. They have devalued me in some way. It might be because that's what I was literally taught at the virginity camp that I went to, or it might be because of the patriarchy. I don't know. But the Kardashians do not seem to have this hang up. They seem to have a fully like transactional in a, in the purest sense of the word, idea about sexuality like they're just like yeah if we hook up with someone that was that moment in time and neither of us owe the other person anything after that so they don't seem to feel ownership over the people that they hook up with they don't seem to feel weird when the people they hook up with overlap and they only care if it's another interloper coming in to hook up with someone like if Tristan Thompson hooked up with one of Chloe's sisters. I don't think she would care less than if it was Jordan. Exactly. I think she would, I agree. She wouldn't get mad at her sister and she might not even get mad at Tristan. So I know she wouldn't get mad at Tristan. That's like the whole issue with Chloe. Right. But so I, I think that this probably definitely happened. Aubrey says that she was BFFs with Kim during a 4th of July. She was hooking up with Travis and we were at his house. He was really dope. Shanna, his ex who I love, was supposedly threatening to slash Kim's tires. Sorry, girl, but that was funny shit. I would have too. So they asked her to park her car somewhere else. How funny that they were like, oh, Kim, welcome to the 4th of July party. Can you just park your car somewhere else so that Shanna doesn't slash Do your tires? Do we have a year on this? That's what I want to know. This no. Pretty, this must be, this. the only way that I would believe that this story was true is if it was, I do not think Kim cheated on Kanye. No. Period. I don't think has to be pre Kanye. Yeah, no, there's no, I don't, I don't think she did. I don't think she really like cheats. I don't think Kim is a cheater. I think she'll hook up with a guy who's married or dating. Yeah, but I want to say on record, I do feel that like intuitively, I feel like she's the queen. Like, okay, from where I'm standing, it would be almost like comical to think that I would be able to even be like, we're, yes, we'll hook up, but we're just kissing, right? Like, if you get me at home, especially if we've been drinking, the ability for you to get your dick sucked at the very least and come are highly likely for you. It's highly likely that you will fucking fuck me, okay? I see Kim, though, as be, especially since you stopped drinking, I think she's one of those girls that's like, mm, yeah, you can come home with me. You can, like, we can talk all night and like, let's make out, but like stop at second base. Even if she and Travis maybe had a make out or of any kind, I do not think that they have had sex. And I don't think that Kim in all the hiccups that she's, I think she is like classic pretty girl who is like 
so high maintenance that unless you're going to marry her or at least get paparazzi pictures with her, you're like, fuck this. Like, you are not even, you're just like no fucking fun. Yeah. Like, pillow I don't think she's fucking everybody. Yeah. And even in her sex tape, like nothing really, she wasn't really- Oh my God. No, her sex tape was the most- vanilla no this is not a woman who like loves sex Let's yeah she's just like posing in it it's so funny right she's like sure think of me that way that's like even the right for her to that's probably why they were so comfortable just like putting this video out there in the or just like standing behind it as like a marketing tool in the first place because it is so not embarrassing she didn't do anything mm-hmm. Ain't nothing slutty about it it is the most boring sex tape yeah. I have sex tapes that are accidental that are more interesting than Kim K and Ray J's sex tape. She was just like, hi, sweetie, turning around, showing you my body. She's wearing lingerie the whole time. Like, it is so not that interesting. It's just, she, she doesn't like to have sex, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, she, yeah, there's no year on when this happened, the thing with Travis, but it seems like Travis and Shanna were already broken up. Well, that's the other thing. I think that Shanna said to her girlfriend, Aubrey, I think both Shanna and Aubrey, here's, here's, my, here's my take, okay? Aubrey, yes, she was the most talented member of Dandy Kane when we were in high school. Then she became not interesting to us. The Dandy Kane girls broke up. Then she had an affair with Don Jr. Yes, his dad is president, but I imagine similar to the Kim K situation, Don Jr. is not good at fucking, okay? Don Jr., allegedly okay i don't want to be on record for this like i don't want him to sue me but the vibe i get from don jr is not that he is an erotic like harry erotic don jr not erotic okay so reality anyone in the trump administration is good at sex yeah it's a great i think actually well see we were going to talk about it last week but we didn't i think tiffany trump can fuck absolutely because Marla Maples was such a vixen. Tiffany is so the outlier daughter. They're like, don't even come to this event. We don't care about even seeing you or knowing you. I think she's the only one that is like a fucking real. I disagree because I think she really wants to be uh, a part of the Trump legacy. Oh, and she God. knows that any sort of Trump's, any sort of sex scandal could preclude her from that. So I think she would probably be very timid about that. Yeah, but I loved the Secret Service story. Like, there was this story that came out about yeah. about Tiffany having some, like, low-key, extra-special relationship with one of the uh, Secret Service members while her father was president. I just feel like Tiffany was- You were was probably, so- like, flirting and, like, sending each other winky emojis. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're actually fucking- But I do think that, like, when I think of Trump, Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka- are his kids. Marla Maples was his affair and Tiffany was the baby that came out of that affair. And I don't think he ever, I think he was with Marla Maples for, he, you know, the, I, what I imagine it being is that he was with Marla Maples for so many years and that they had, a, I actually think they had a great relationship, but like, I think specifically for their little role play, he was like, you know, I'm married to it. Let me try to get a Trump impression. He's like, no, I'm married to Ivanka. It's not a great impression. Okay, I'm not doing the impression. But he's like, you know, I'm married to Ivanka. You know that I Ivana or Ivana. You know, I'm married to Ivana. I have my life that I'm planning with them. And but you, you're my one true. You're my one true love. So every time he went to Palm Beach, he would fuck Marla. Marla gets pregnant. It breaks up his marriage with his 
number one. No, let me be so clear. Him and Ivana were like a true power couple. Soulmates. No, no, no. They still are. They are soulmates. When you see her talk about him in interviews, even to this day, she's so fucking in love with him. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ivana is so proud to be the mother of Trump's kids. And they had to divorce for her own uh, pride. You know, he did have this illicit affair with Marlon Naples for a million years, and then she did get pregnant. And that is what ended their marriage, as far as I understand. But yeah. no, no, no. Ivana wants to be on record. No, she said, even there was an interview I watched a few years ago where she was like, to this day, I am still his number one first call. If everything that happened in his, he calls me first thing every morning and at night when everything going wrong, I am who he called. She wants us yeah. to know. That that's, that that's his boo, okay? Ivana is the one, and I love that for them. Now, back to the whole, my whole conspiracy theory here. Aubrey O'Day, culturally defunct at this point. She then, she tried to have an affair and out herself as the mistress. She was rejected even though we knew it was true. She, she went on record of saying, Donald Trump Jr. is my soulmate. While, he, while Donald was president, again, no traction. Everyone's like, shut up. She, she said he was her soulmate? No, no, Google it. Aubrey O'Day, there's tons of articles that, that are out where it's like, Aubrey O'Day claims that she, like, basically she was like- I need to follow her. What a willing to wait I out Vanessa. Her. No, I love Aubrey O'Day. I, I, I've, I've, like, felt connected to her from day one. I think she is born to be in the spotlight. And she actually is so talented. She was, she is an incredible dancer. When, when she was on that Diddy show, there was no question about who the star of the show was. Okay, so now, Shauna Mochler. Shoshana, Shana Mochler, married to Shana. It's it's got two ends. I know. I always want to call her Shana, but it's not. It's Shana. It's Shana. Yeah, it's not Shana. It's not Shana. It's Shana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like, let's be super fucking clear. If there was ever a character on television or off who would be slashing someone's tires without actual proof, and maybe they're even wrong about it. It would be Shanna Mochler. Shanna, it, yes. Is she gorgeous? Yes. Was she a Miss USA? Yes. Are her two baby daddies fucking dope? Absolutely. To have Oscar De La Hoya as your first husband slash baby daddy and then Travis Barker as a second, love these choices. She rocks, okay? Yeah. And I her daughter's her. gorgeous and looks like a clone of her. No, they're all gorgeous. She is cool. They're cool as hell. Except that I think the issue with Shauna is an issue that we see, like, like the Kardashians are Shauna Mochler's nightmare, right? Because Travis and Oscar, both of the men that she's in love with, talents. These are talented men. These are the best of the best of the best in class, right? The Kardashians are reality stars. Now, Shanna actually has a one-up on them because instead of just being from a rich place, she was like Miss USA. Like she actually came from nothing, became something, entered Hollywood. Kind of cooler than any of the Kardashians can say in terms of like backstory, right? But, but she didn't once, have any staying power. Well, okay. And I think partially it's, be I guess all I'm trying to say is 
her version of the story where the Kardashians have been sabotaging her marriage from the beginning is garbage. And I think that she is devastated that her big push to be Mrs. Travis Barker, the reason that they got divorced is because they had a toxic relationship, which they broadcast purposefully in a one season run of life with the Barkers or whatever it was called. And it was so chaotic and dysfunctional and painful that it did not, it had, it had Brittany Federline staying power. It was like, Ugh, I actually don't know if we want to keep, you might as well just fucking watch the coronavirus count go up and up and up. It was, it was just like trash. Was it that bad? I don't remember. I think that they were really a bad couple. I think very hot. I think it was a very hot couple. And I love a toxic, sexual, illicit affair. I certainly do. And, you know, when I look at Shana's chart, like we know that Travis has uh, a thing for Aries. Well, she's a super duper Aries. So I think she also sees Courtney as a real like match mirror rival. But in her mind, Courtney did nothing to she was the sister of the girl with the sex tape. Now they've been on reality TV, but even Poosh is a Poosh is it's a, such a hilariously cute veil at a business. She just wanted to do something where she could shut her sisters the fuck up about telling her that she did not do anything. Okay. Courtney has no interest in working. She has no interest in being a media conglomerate. She has no interest in, she actually didn't even have interest in dating that much until she and Travis finally came together. And while I do think the Kardashians are super incestuous in general, I do not think that Kim K and Travis had any type of affair. I think Aubrey O'Day is so excited that she was there when there was maybe a Jordan Woods style kind of kissing moment between these old friends. Okay. But that's it. And I think Shayna is loving this moment because it is the only shot at us even hearing her name ever again for the rest of her life and she no she's calling tmz going i'm walking into this restaurant come interview me about kim k aubrey my girl aubrey just outed it aubrey and shanna are just like whatever get in there get in the ring they're doing whatever they can to just fucking jump into the storylines and milk it for whatever they can because they actually have not been commercially successful in the way that we expected both of them to be yeah uh, I agree, and I epic love it. Rant. Sorry for my epic rant, but I, I oh, have a passion about this. I agree with what you're saying. I do think, actually, yeah, now you're making me rethink my stance that they did hook up because- You guys, there is growth available at Space Trash. I just want you this is an educational, mind-opening show. Tell me, what did you think before? What do you think now? I thought that Kim probably did hook up with him because I do think that all the sisters are really fluid with sharing men, but- yeah, but he's not her type. She doesn't like him. They might have gotten wasted and made out. No, yeah. no, Kim does not fuck skinny white dudes. Ever. She's too thick and curvy. Like, Courtney is... But he's so small. hot. And, like... Travis? I don't know. I think he looks so... I just feel... I do feel like he looks a little bit like a skeleton just, like, creeping back into his cheekbones. Sometimes a super skinny hot guy and a curvy girl is a really cool mix. And I think if this was in the two, late 2000s, like, right after he broke up with Shano, which was, like, 2008... 
I think there is a chance that, you know, he was higher up on the fame pecking order. Kim was just starting to pop off. I think there's a chance that, you know, they crossed streams for a month or two. I really do. I think it's possible, but I don't think that it was, I don't, because the way that Shannon is saying it, did you watch that TMZ interview? She's like, like the, t- the guy's like, well, you know, you mentioned Kim Kardashian. She's like, well, we were, I guess I'll just say, well, we were married. It's like, Shanna, you have been married for a long time, but like breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together for almost the entire marriage. And the only reason you got married is because you were pregnant. And you did a reality show that was more chaotic than the Federline Britney show. We do not think that another woman broke up your marriage. We think you were not a match. Excellent point. And also, like, it doesn't count as still married if it's just, like, the ink on the divorce papers isn't dry. If they weren't living together, fuck on, Travis, please. Have a little fun. Okay, yeah. So I, I don't know if I think it's true or not. I I think I do still think, like, yeah, like you said, maybe it was a makeout situation. The only thing is, Courtney would not want to be perceived as taking Kim's sloppy seconds, whether it's true or not because they've been having this bad sort of energy for the past like couple years. Yeah, so Kim and Courtney have actually been really contentious. Like yeah. there's been way too much drama between them. Yeah, I, but that's what I'm saying though. I think this was more of a Jordan Woods situation. Here's what I am saying though. Aubrey O'Day has no reason to lie. And especially not because Unless- when her story came out about this was a year ago, it wasn't even in the uh-huh. news. This isn't new. Aubrey O'Day didn't just pop up to say it. It's just page six went back and was like, wait a minute. Remember she had this weird anecdote last oh. year about Kim and Travis hooking up. Okay. That changes things because I didn't really, I didn't catch that. Yeah. And in the, in the case of like, if, if she's out, like I could picture Shayna calling Aubrey being like, tell them what you saw tell them what you saw so that I'm a victim in this. Right. But if what you're saying is true and I believe that you're, because I think when I look at Aubrey's chart, moon and North node in Gemini, she is here to spill the tea and she's a sad rising. She, she has no problem. But then it's like, why did she even share it in the first place? Why did it even come out? I think she was talking about the 4th of July. She was, it was like that. It was like in a store. It was like a one-off story. She was telling. Yes. Because she was talking well, Travis was, and her ever were dating and before Travis and Courtney were dating and okay wow 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 she was reminiscing on fourths of July past Whoa. and she posted this long thing and uh it was supposed to be saying like how shallow she found Kim to be and uh she was saying like it ends with Kim made her go to like a bunch of different parties and she found it so fake. And she was like, can we please just stop and watch some fireworks? So they did. And she says, and then Kim, they were on the side of the highway watching fireworks. And all I remember feeling is relieved to see the beauty of them. And she turned to me and said, you know, last year on the fourth, I was on a yacht with Paris Hilton in the middle of some remote, beautiful place. And this year I'm sitting on a plot of grass in Calabasas with you. Ha 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 ha. And I was like, Oh, cool. So she took that as like an insult and she's like saying this as like Aubrey is really deep and, and like wants the, you know, but anyway. Well, it's almost like Aubrey was like a little bit, not hurt, but the minute that Kim said that, Aubrey's like, fuck you, I'll sell this story then, you bitch. You, you don't think this is as special as being on a yacht with Paris? Right. Like, yeah, let, me, let me tell you about what I'm going to do with this story now. But I also don't even think Kim necessarily was trying to be shady. I think she was just right. like. Yeah, because I don't think- Kim- I think Kim actually appears to be 
extremely benevolent in nature. Yeah, and I've only heard great things about her on a P2P basis. She seems uh, like a lovely person, actually, yeah. Yeah, so page six apparently called the Kardashians and they denied it. They said Kim never hooked up with him. Kim met him through Paris Hilton. Courtney also met him through Paris Hilton. They never hooked up. So that's the I story. Just, like, I guess like my biggest thing is that I could 100% based on her chart and just based on what we've seen, I think for Shanna Mochler to be down for I'm about to slash this bitch's tires, but being wrong about it makes more sense to me than anything. That's a great point too. Uh, that to me rang the truest of any of this. And even in her chart, it's like she wants more than anything to just have a stable, normal marriage. And yet when she is crossed with all that Aries, she has a Libra moon, Aries sun, Aries Jupiter, Aries Chiron. She's like, do not, do not come at my man. Like she is ready to fight even if she's wrong. And I think she was dying for someone to blame mm-hmm. for the di- di- disillusion of her marriage. And I think Aubrey O'Day, if she shared that story for any reason, she just wanted to be on record for having at one point been best friends with Kim K. But I think now Shauna and Aubrey are friends because she talked, Shauna, Shayna, Shayna, Shauna, Shayna talks Shana, about it. right? Shanna, whatever it is, talks about it in that TMZ interview where she's like, my good friend Aubrey actually just said. Like, so I think they're still close. Yeah. And so and I- Shanna or Aubrey called T- called page six yeah. and was like, here's the screenshot of the story because who, yeah. who else is saving Aubrey's stories? Literally. Well, we've got to wrap up. Were there any other stories on the docket? I feel like that was kind of it. Yeah, but this is like three hours now. We can't, we could do two episodes. I mean, we just can't, there's just so much to discuss, Mal. We just, I know. I just, I just loved, oh, oh, wait, no, there was one more though. We could do it so fast if you want. No, we the can't. Need. It's too long. We have too much stuff. Oh my God, oh my God. Okay, you're right. But like, we could make it to a different episode. It, we, or we could cut a whole segment, but I just, I do want to know your thoughts on Sinead. Oh, Sinead. We can't. It's too long. It's going to take me like three hours to edit. Oh, okay. Well, I don't need you more work. So, okay, we'll leave it here. But you guys got to come back every week or we got to do two episodes a week or something because there is so much to, to unpack. I know. Well, if we start getting more listeners and it makes it worth it, then we can do that. You guys help us. We have more to say, but we need to know that you give a shit. Yeah. We need ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We need... Um, you buy our merch. Buy our merch. We need people to join the Patreon when we get that going because yeah. that's going to be. There's, there's just so much to discuss. Yeah. But I don't want you to have more work. So I guess we'll sign off here. And if you guys want more of us, you better just like us and tell all your friends to listen because we will give you as many episodes as you want. We are workhorses in the most lazy way, which means that we will sit here and talk about celebrities all day. Exactly. But only if we know that you want it. And I want to say for everybody that has Frank from Lisbon, whoever you are, Thank you yes. so much. So Frank from Lisbon believes so women are funny now because of us. That's like the best credit I've gotten so far. Yeah. <laughs> but we do hope to see you on Wednesday at the Moonual. We will be having a long, intense discussion. Even more celebrities will be involved in the conversation about what this Sagittarius eclipse means. Mm-hmm. And there will be comedy and music. And, and I have a really exciting journal exercise that I have developed for all of us you're gonna love it we're all gonna figure out basically like who we are in the in the movie of our lives mm. I'm excited that's I'm cool excited. 
And I'm going to do my Sagittarius PowerPoint. And the thing that I already know about Sagittarius off the top of my head is that it is the pop star sign. Ooh. Like there are more pop stars in Sagittarius than any other sign. Well, so I'm so looking forward to your presentation. They are the most, no, I've gotten more out of your PowerPoints than like almost anything out of the Munio so far. Like it is the best reporting we've got on the Zoom to, to date. And, and I'm so grateful that you're a part. That's crazy. Everyone follow the Moon Yule mm-hmm. at the Moon Yule and mm-hmm. follow us ourselves on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.